Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. The past year and a bit have been very unusual as we deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. And along with that can come emotions that we've never really felt before, including worry, anxiety, and fear. But today's guest is reminding us that worry is part of our imagination. Now, how do we get to a point where we can believe that? She's going to share that with us. We're joined by Tara Lalonde. She is a registered psychotherapist. She is also the author of a book called An Unexpected Freedom, Discover Peace and Joy in the Reality of Life. She'll share that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Tara Lalone. She is a registered psychotherapist. She's also the author of a book called An Unexpected Freedom, Discover Peace and Joy in the Reality of Life. Now, Tara, I came across a clip where you were discussing uh, worry. And in that clip, you mentioned that worry is imaginary. Now, we're living through a time like no other where a lot of people are dealing with worry. How do we get to a place where we can believe that worry is part of our imagination? Well, I I find it really is being able to recognize our brains are so powerful and perspective changes everything. Um, So as you think about and notice the thoughts that you're having, so it's a bit of a mindfulness stepping away and noticing what's happening inside of yourself. Am I thinking positive things? Are my thoughts helping what I'm feeling or is it making it worse? And as you start to notice, wow, as I think about the future, I typically think about all the bad things that could happen. And just being able to notice that without judging it, but just noticing, I think about a lot of negative stuff. And what worry tells us is I'm preparing So I am telling you all the worst things that could happen. So you're going to be prepared and ready. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you notice, oftentimes, all those things that we imagine could happen and prepare for don't ever actually happen. That's very interesting because I just sent my wife and two kids on a little bit of a road trip to the grandparents. Uh, They're in our bubble here and it's a stormy day. Uh And in my mind, I've gone through lots before. And in my mind, I'll be honest, there's a little bit of preparation and worry going on about a possible accident or something like that. Even though I know they're probably going to be there in three hours, perfectly fine. Yeah. And that's just it. So you spend however much time you'd spent worrying about this, thinking you're preparing yourself. But even if the worst happened, and I pray that it doesn't happen for your family, Mike, but even if the worst happened, I'm pretty sure all the worrying that you did is not actually going to help you in what you will be doing. In that moment, you will be responding with however you're responding. Does that make sense? Yeah. I find this really interesting. Like worry is like worry's real. I know worry's real, but then you say worry's imaginary and I get what you're saying. Like we bring it on ourselves kind of thing. Yeah. So God gave us imagination as a gift and we choose what we do with it. So we can either think about positive things We can stay in the present, which is even better, or we can imagine all the negatives. 
really, it doesn't change reality or what actually is about to happen. We cannot predict the future. We really can't. So we choose. And honestly, if we're, if we're using our imagination to think about the negatives, we're actually setting ourselves up for failure or we're living a negative experience over and over and over again, at best that we never actually are intended to live. Or at worst, we're living an experience that we do have to go through 10 times. Why do you want to do that to yourself? Right? Whereas if you imagine the future going well, or no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to handle it. And I picture if something happens that isn't expected, I can calm myself. I can connect with the Lord and I know he's going to be there and he's going to show up and help me to get through it because he actually already knows what's coming and I don't. That actually makes me feel calmer and I don't have to be afraid of the future. I was trying to think of an example in scripture. I was like, well, surely like Jesus worried once in a while, but uh, yeah, that's a part of his humanity. We don't really see come across actually. And we hear him saying a lot, don't worry. Like all of a sudden I just thought of Matthew chapter six, don't worry about your life or what you'll eat or drink. He says, and over and over again, he was telling his followers, don't worry. Right. So I think the closest passage that comes to my mind is in the Garden of Gethsemane before yeah. he was going to be crucified. And he knew what was coming. That wasn't a, uh-oh, could this happen? Like, he knew. Yeah. This was why he came. And he experienced anxiety and anguish. I mean, that passage talks about Jesus sweating blood. I don't know about you, but I have never felt that anxious right. that my blood vessels kind of open up and expand and it goes into my sweat glands. Like I've never had that much anxiety, but modern science says that's an actual possibility physiologically. Mm-hmm. So he experienced intense anxiety and distress, but he models for us what to do when we're faced with things like that absolutely cry out to the father please don't make me have to do this I I picture him in his humanity you know father I know we talked about this and I know this is a good idea and this is why I came but could we reevaluate like is there another way that we could do this because oh I really don't want to go through that but he always came back to but I surrender back to you father your will and not my own, knowing that he was going to be able to get through it. It would be awful. And I can't even, we can't even imagine how awful that was to take on all the sin of all humanity for all time. But he surrendered to the father because he knew that it was worth it and that it was going to be better. We have that same hope. We might have to walk through horrible valleys thankfully not like he did but horrible valleys and he doesn't ever promise that he's going to take those away or make it all better but he will have us or he will be with us rather and we have glory coming on the other side if you are a believer 
and you have given your life to the Lord, it's guaranteed. It's a promise. Whatever valleys you go through, heaven is coming Hmm. and it's real and it's going to be worth it. What's the opposite of worry? Honestly, I, I think it's what we're just talking about. I would say the opposite of worry is kind of twofold. It's, it's trusting by choice, not necessarily by feeling, but I'm choosing with my will to trust you, Lord, because you know more than I know. You are bigger than I am. Your ways are unfathomable to my human brain. But because you are so big and you are good and you cannot not be good. That's foundational, guys. God cannot not be good. So we might not understand what he's doing and what he's allowing and how is that even good. But as part of his character and his DNA, he can't not be good. And if we can cling to that and choose with our will to trust him, because he's got a plan in this. And he promises he will always work things out for his good for those who believe him and follow him. That doesn't mean happiness. That means becoming more like him and drawing nearer to him. So if he's going to use anything to make me more like him and draw him, draw me near to him. Okay. I choose to trust that. And the second part is surrender. I might not get my will. I may not have this thing go the way I want. Oh, Lord but I surrender to your will just like Jesus did. And I choose to trust you. As we uh, do that, get into more of a trusting and surrendering relationship with God, even in the midst of like difficult circumstances or scary circumstances, then what do you find that does for people overall then if they're moving from worry and anxiety and into that trust and surrender? Yeah, that's a fun question. Um, that's my book. Nice. <laughs> that's unexpected freedom right there. As we more and more, and this isn't a one day choice thing. This is a choosing again and again and again, and looking at scripture and asking God to give us his perspective. Help me to see from heaven's perspective. And as we surrender more, and as we choose to trust that he is good and his plans for us are actually better than my plans for me something crazy happens we actually start to feel and experience that peace that surpasses understanding that joy that isn't happiness but actually is contentment and i'm okay i I don't want to go through those valleys but i know if i have to he will always be with me and i will be able to get through it. And if I don't survive, even if, if worse happens and I die, well, then I get glory. And if you continue to draw closer to him and understand more what heaven is going to be, like Paul said, that's gain. That's better. So if the worst thing happens, I get heaven and glory and I get to be with Jesus. (laughs) That's going to be amazing. But if the worst doesn't happen, then I get to draw closer to the Lord and experience him in ways that we don't get to experience him if we're not in suffering. And that's upside down and backwards. That's the wisdom that doesn't make sense to human brain. 
As a registered psychotherapist, how often is worry the root of the issue uh, when people are coming to see you? Hmm. The root of the issue. I don't know that worry necessarily is a root, but it's definitely a very, very common symptom. So the root of the thing often the way I understand the brain and how it develops and how trauma, whether it's big T trauma, things that are obvious trauma, like abuses or neglect, or it's what I would call little T trauma, which are things that happened in our childhood that we didn't know how to handle. We didn't know how to resolve. So they just kind of were left unresolved, but wrote on our brains a belief about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm unlovable. I'm not acceptable. That kind of thing. doesn't have to be a big T trauma to write that on our brain. But if those messages got written on our brain, then worry becomes a solution, we think, that, okay, if I prepare, we buy into the lie that worry is preparation. If I think about all the different scenarios, then I'm preparing myself. So maybe they won't know that I'm not good enough, or maybe I won't fail or whatever the procedural map lie that you've gotten into, maybe that won't come to fruition. So worry is this thing that we try to do to protect ourselves but it never actually works. It usually keeps us pinned down. And the enemy loves that. Boy, the enemy loves that. Yeah. To get our attention away. Yeah. yeah. It's just starting to click in my head here. I'm just thinking like um, how much fear and worry and anxiety really does enslave us, right? And and yeah. often, like I'll tell myself, well, I'm not worrying. I'm thinking of all the possibilities to make yes. a plan, right? But it keeps me holding back. And Jesus, that's not his intention. He came to give us life and life to the fullest. Right. I think you're uh, giving me some free therapy here. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so. Yeah, that's it. God came, Jesus came to give us life to the full. And one of my favorite passages is that Matthew 6 passage. And this idea of our father knows what we need And he knows us better than we know ourselves, actually. And if we can stay grounded in the present, and honestly, this is, I love how scripture does this. This is something that psychology is researching and proving to be true. And other world religions are realizing the value of mindfulness and being present in the moment. That's because God made us that way. He created us to function best, present in the moment, trusting in him, not in ourselves, like the world might say, but trusting in him, he will provide for us. So he says, what can worry do for you in the future? Will it actually extend your life by even one minute or hour? It can't. So live today and he will give us everything we need for today in this moment. He will not give us what we need for tomorrow. He won't. He'll only give us what we need for today, but he'll give us everything we need to get through this moment. Be still and know. 
be still and know that I am God. You see, <laughs> all of this comes together. This is what got me so excited when I started to connect with this. And oh my goodness, all of scripture says the same thing. Right. This How is unexpected you- freedom. What are you hearing from people as they like, as they read your book and find that, uh, that freedom? Like, what are you hearing from people that have gone through this themselves? Well, first of all, it's hard. Like, Hmm. that's the first thing I hear. Whoa, this is hard because I mean, some of the stuff you're wanting me to let go of are good things. The protection of my wife and my children that's a good thing. You want me to surrender that and put that in God's hands? What if he doesn't do what I want him to do? What if he doesn't keep them safe? Because you know what? In this world, sometimes accidents happen and people do lose their family. So that's hard. But as people wrestle through it, and you can, people do. And as they start surrendering, then it kind of, oh, this feels different. I'm experiencing God at a deeper level than I thought was possible. I'm not as afraid anymore. I didn't even think that was possible, but I'm not afraid. He's good. He's not, you know, if I surrender this, he's going to take it away. That's magical thinking. And that's not the heart of God, Hmm. right? He doesn't do that. If I actually surrender to God, he's going to make me be a missionary and I don't want to be a missionary. So I'm not going to surrender. No, no, it doesn't work that way. I mean, maybe he'll call you to the missions, but if he does, you'll want to go by that point, but he doesn't call up all of us to the mission field or take away the things that we want. He often just gives us greater hope and freedom to live with whatever this world gives us. I can be okay. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, like, that's a great point too, right? Because I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, this is exciting. And I'm just going to flip a switch. But the reality is, well, it will be hard, right? And it will be a journey. But it's worth that journey too. Yeah. We're talking about dying to self here. Yeah. Right? About letting go of everything I want and trusting that God actually wired me and knows me better. And if I live his will for my life, I'll like it more. It will be better for me. Even if it doesn't go the way I think I want my life to go. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. And for a number of years, that was my prayer. Lord, less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. And it kind of became a breath prayer. And he loves to answer when we pray scripture back to him. He, that's a guaranteed yes in his mind. And as I began to decrease in my life and hold more loosely what I wanted, and he began to give me what he wants for me, it is the best ride. It is so exciting. I get to do stuff. Guys, I was invited to be on this radio station. I live in Ontario. You guys are in Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg? Yes. Yeah, Manitoba, and all across anyway. Western Canada too. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. I'm just, I'm just a nobody. And I don't mean that as self-deprecation, but how is it that people across Canada are knowing who I am? That's crazy. 
I can't do that on my own. I am not that personality, but it just gets to be a fun ride. And instead of imagining all the bad things, imagine all the cool stuff that you might find yourself doing. How fun is that? (laughs) That's a a lot of fun. Um, In the midst of this pandemic, though, what would be your number one piece of advice for Christians um, surrounded by worry? Hmm. Honestly, my number one piece of advice surrounded by worry, limit the news. The news Hmm. focuses on the negative and feeds our worry. So limit your news. I mean, yes, you got to pay attention to certain amounts, but and hopefully, you know, you guys are a radio station, so hopefully I'm not going against what you guys do, but, but really limit that. Because if you are continually having a, I got to check in in the morning and at lunchtime and at dinner, and maybe every time I get in the car, man, you are feeding yourself only the fears and the what ifs, and that doesn't help. So instead, limit the news, ground in today, today I'm okay. Today, my family is okay. Or maybe my family isn't okay. Maybe my family has COVID. Or maybe I have COVID. But in this moment, God is with me. No matter what is happening, God is here. And that's where you want to focus. He sees me. He knows me in this moment. He knows where this is going to go. He knows how all of this pandemic is going to play out. And I don't actually but I know he has plans for me and he will give me what I need for that day. My daily bread, he will give me what I need for that day, but he will not give me what I need to process all of the future in Mm -hmm. this moment. And we want that, but you can't have that. (laughs) Now we've said a few times it's hard and it is hard, but at the same time, from what I'm hearing though, too, it's as simple as changing your perspective and going back to the Bible, going back to the scripture and listening to what God has to say. Yeah. Perspective changes everything. And if we can be open, because I mean, we can dig in scripture and whatever else, but hold tightly to our own perspective and belief. But if you actually, God, I want you to change my perspective. I'm open to see what it is that Tara's talking about, because that actually sounds pretty good. And it's in your word. If you're open to let him change your perspective, it makes all the difference. We can actually go through all the troubles that are coming and overcome them. For our listeners who want to learn more about you, want to hear more uh, about what you have to say, how can they go about doing that? Well, at this point, um, in my career, I have the one book that I wrote. And at this point, I'm really focused in on my private practice. I also am a marriage therapist for Hope Restored Marriage Intensives through Focus on the Family. And that's really where I'm focusing my attention. So if you want to hear more of me, it's more my book. I do have a Facebook page that you can find me at. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot that I'm saying publicly right now. Well, say more. Thanks so much for joining us. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. And thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.